Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the world, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for another opportunity to gather together in fellowship and in your word, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your compassion and forgiveness that you extend towards us, Lord, as we extend it to others. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the good things that you're doing for your followers, for your believers, your children. We thank you for the nation of Israel, Lord, that you're blessing them and that you're keeping them and causing them to have peace on all sides. And we thank you for our partners and our listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion of the word and study in the book of Acts. We are in chapter 16, and we are continuing to cover verses 6 through 15. So if you're just joining us and haven't read through that section yet, I want to encourage you to pause it now and give yourself the time and opportunity to read through that section in order to better follow along in the discussion. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And now, at this time... We're going to keep with our custom and open the floor to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I will. All right, promise. Okay, so the Lord uh, mainly pointed out to me where it was talking about that the Holy Spirit had told Paul not to go to um, the areas, areas he previously wanted to go to. And the Lord reminded me of you. If you look at the sequence of events, majority of Paul's ministry aligned with how he did his events and the things that the Lord did for him. And that the Lord reminded me that if he didn't, if he went to the other countries that the Lord didn't tell him to go to, then his ministry would have been out of alignment. And Paul wouldn't have done a majority of what he, um, that we've known him to do. And... The Lord also wanted me to point out, especially where I was talking about the Macedonian man and how it said it was a vision. And the Lord reminded me of how mainly when people are looking for a vision of Jesus, they're mainly looking for a man with a white robe and then just use that as the saying, okay, that's Jesus, then do whatever they're told to. And the Lord reminded me of how that's why both Peter, Paul, and John not, well, yes, both, and how they all talk about that to test the spirits and that if they come with anything other than what was preached to them or that they contradict themselves in the word, that not to listen to them mm-hmm. and to test the spirits. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord reminded me of, especially when I was talking about Paul, it didn't say that it was Jesus who came to talk to him. It said it was a Macedonian man who said, come and help us. And also, also talks about that it was the Holy, the Holy Spirit didn't condemn him when he was going to Macedonia. And how inside this scenario, it's different than just the Holy Spirit saying, no, that's not right. And someone saying, well, he had a white robe, so he must be right. First mm-hmm. uh, John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. 
Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So, amen. We're not looking for um, outward signs of the existence of God, outward signs and demonstrations. The Holy Spirit ministers to us as he wills, but we have the inward witness of the Holy Spirit that we're to rely upon. Not what our eyes see, not because something looks looks like it's supposed to be, not what our senses perceive, but what the Spirit of God confirms. And um, I've I believe um, in the scriptures, it talks about even Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, right? Yes. Let's look that up real quick. And unfortunately, sometimes we look for an emotional encounter with God or something that seems um, spiritual or seems, and I'm using that word and I'm emphasizing it on purpose, seems like it's something significant rather than relying upon the word of God, relying upon the Holy Spirit, because he always guides us into all truth. And as we just read in first John, any spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh and is God is from God. But if it's a spirit that denies that Jesus came in the flesh and is God is not from God. Um, so let's see. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. It says, and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light there. And this is 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So the Lord is not, um, he's the one who said that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh, right? That, um, we would see visions and dream dreams and prophesy and things of that nature, but he wants it to be not depending on the prophecy, but depending on the one who gives the prophecy, right? Who a true prophecy comes from the Holy Spirit, the Lord God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ. What else, sir? And the Lord also reminded me of that it's not with just with spirits, it's also with what the what Lord wants to do for them. Um, people may just go, it has to be this certain way as in, there has to be a burst of light and then magically whatever, if it's supposed to be healing, magically whatever is wrong is going to disappear and I'm going to start running around. Okay, so you're you're talking about looking for a, a system and a process to be the same all the way. And we know there's, there's nothing in magic. We operate by faith. Amen. And I know when you use that word magically, you, you mean really suddenly, all of a sudden. And I think you're discussing and describing um, when we approach God for healing or a miracle and distinguishing between the processes of the two, it's the same process. One is just more accelerated, but being able to be in the moment with the Holy Spirit to see which vein he's flowing in, if it is for the Holy Spirit is upon or present for miracles to be performed, it'll be according to what he desires and he's designed in that process. And likewise for healing, he's already said it's his will. He will heal, heal us and just receiving by faith what God is doing in the moment, not thinking it should look the way we want it to look or what our, our imagination has played out. But God does according to his perfect will. 
but it's always his will. There's never a doubt or question. He wants to heal. He wants us to be restored. He wants us to be set free. He wants us to be delivered. Christ came to do all of those things. And it's already been completed because he has already died and been raised from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the father. So we never have to question what God wants to do, if he wills or not. He has already said he wills and he does not change his mind. And as we receive from him, we let him dictate how the process goes forward, right? And you use your faith. If you're believing God for a miracle, speak with Holy Spirit about that and stand for your miracle. God is faithful to do it, but he's going to work that miracle the way he wants to do it, not the way you think it's going to go or play out in your imagination. Is that what you're saying, son? It's fine. Okay. Amen. I understand. What else? And how Lord reminded me of that. One of the main reasons why that was wrong was, especially inside of the Gospels, it talks about how the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, they didn't like the Lord because that's not how they um, imagined him. Mm-hmm. It talks about how Jesus ate with the unclean and tax collectors. Mm-hmm. And how it said that the Pharisees didn't like that and that his disciples didn't wash their hands before they ate. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they had judged the Lord and said, this isn't the Lord, though they knew it was the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't look like what they thought he should look like. And they want to look for another Jesus well, another Messiah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So what was the outcome of that? And what is the Lord saying to us now? And because they did that, they rejected the chance to be saved. And the Lord reminded me of that. While it's a different situation, if you mirror that to all the other situations, they'll all have the same effect. If you say, this isn't how, if the Lord heals you and say, no, that's not how I want it to look like, you reject your healing. And as a result, you don't get healed. Okay. Um, so Naaman would be an example of that, right? If we, I mean, that's an old Testament example, but scripturally that's where we can see a correlation to articulate what you're describing. He didn't like the process that the Lord sent through Elisha. So he went away because he was angry that it wasn't going to be mystical and special and, or, you know what I mean? Any like waving his hand or what he imagined in his mind, the process would be like, but the instruction came in a more simple way. Um, what if someone said, you know, heard Jesus spitting in the dirt, you know, a blind person saying, Lord, I want to receive my sight. And they hear Jesus going and spitting in the dirt. And they're like, uh, but not that way. Right. (laughs) But not like that. I don't want your spit on my eyes. And they were offended because of the, you know, the, the saliva mixed with the dirt and said, "Never mind, Jesus, don't touch me with that. That's unclean. And went their way. That would have been rejecting the process that the Lord wanted to bring across, bring about that miracle. Jesus could have done a myriad of things to open those blind eyes, right? Yes. yes. It didn't have to be spitting in the dirt, but there was a challenge there. Are you going to be offended by my ways and my processes? Or are you going to let me be God and bring about the healing and do what you've asked me to do for you? Are you going to let me do it my way? Are you going to try to force me to do it yours? The sound of the Lord... It wasn't, I mean, the, the sound of spitting is very <laughs> distinct, especially to blind people because their senses are amplified. Their, their hearing tends to get really, really amplified because they don't have physical vision. So that could have been very offensive. And if um, the law of Moses was ringing out, right? Because what did it say about Miriam? 
It said if her father had spent several fish, she'd be unclean for seven days. Okay, so the sound of spittle going forward, you know what I mean, could have created offense in that heart. If that heart wasn't more desperate for God and having deliverance and freedom than for having his own personal will be done. It's the same way for us, you know, for someone who has been in the Lord for a long time, you learn things, you learn how to move with God, but then there's also a chance to become hardened or jaded because you think, well, I know how you like to move Lord. So I think we're going to go this way. And the Lord's like, wait, I want to do a new thing. Are you going to remain flexible with him? Exactly. Look at John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And, and John came baptizing or immersing with water. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, there was Moses' baptism, which also you saw with Joshua, right? Where the river or sea parted. The Jordan. Jordan yes. for um, Joshua and the Red Sea for Moses. Exactly. So just understanding the Lord and... Yes, he does things. There are some similarities at the core. You're like, oh, yes, I see that. Mm-hmm. But then he also says repeatedly throughout Scripture, hey, I'm doing a new thing. But the new thing is it. there isn't an element that it is like the old because of what the core of it is providing for the people. Mm-hmm. So, so recognize that and allow the Lord to do the new thing. Mm-hmm. He's not a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't look at creation which he created, and think everything is just going to be the same all the time. Right, but the the scripture, the word of God that says, I'm the Lord your God who heals you, mm-hmm. that is what's consistent. Exactly. He didn't say, I always heal you like this. Remember when he had Moses put the serpent on the rod and exactly. hold it up, and they looked at it, and they were healed. Then they kept trying to march around with the serpent on the rod, and it became an idol to them, and the Lord was like, now it must be destroyed. That's not what I'm saying anymore. That was a vehicle not the object. It was just something I used. It wasn't me. And the focus is always us knowing and learning and understanding God's character and nature, which is why we have the written scriptures that they're so important to us, for us to spend time in the word, to study them and let his word be written on our heart. And then we don't exclude Holy Spirit. We welcome him in so that he stirs up that word and makes it alive and brings to the surface the right word at the moment that it's needed for the right time that it applies for. So we can receive and perceive what he's doing in the moment. And then we're always moving with him. I remember if I could share just a testimony about that. Layla was born with a heart defect and it was, the Lord was keeping her supernaturally and the doctors would marvel like she doesn't have any of the symptoms that we're looking for that we think she should have because of this heart defect. And um, then they started kind of pressing me saying, okay, well, she needs to have surgery to repair it. And they actually did a procedure where they measured how big the, the defect was and where it was located and everything. And I remember receiving by faith Layla's healing, but I didn't want Layla to have surgery because that made me afraid. So I didn't want to do that. And I wanted it to be supernatural. I wanted it to just be miraculous. And I remember the Lord sending someone to speak to me and saying, well, however God wants to heal, isn't that his business? Just go with them and know that it's done. And so I was like, okay. And then I, I heard the Lord saying, go ahead. It's okay. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and, and proceed with the surgery and everything. And I remember the night before Layla had surgery, her heart rate changed. 
And I can speak to that because I've been a respiratory therapist for well over 20 years. And I know to listen to the sound of heart rates and how they change and where they should be based on age and all of those things. And I'm not boasting in my flesh. I'm just saying I have natural experience to go to couple along with what the spiritual is saying. And I know, I know her heart rate changed because it was being monitored and all of those things. And after the surgery was completed, the doctors came out marveling saying, we measured this hole. We, you know, did a procedure and we didn't look at it from the outside. We actually physically went in through a vein and looked and scoped it out and saw, um, or an artery and saw how big the hole was, but it was not that big when we went to do her surgery. It was much smaller. So it had already started to close. And there was something else they thought was wrong. And they were like, that wasn't wrong either. You know, they thought it was going to be a major, um, resectioning and restructuring of her heart, uh, her pulmonary artery, but it wasn't. They were like, all we had to do was cut a tendon and we were, and she was fine. And they were, they were marveling and amazed and rejoicing. Like we know that God did this. And Layla, they were saying she would be in the heart. I mean, in the hospital for, um, a couple of weeks following that kind of surgery because she'd had open heart surgery, but we ended up leaving within five days clean bill full. They're like, we don't know what to say. She's, she's ready to go home now. And it only took five days because it was on Thanksgiving and the doctors were away and were not coming to do their rounds like they normally would to go ahead and and give us the discharge paper. So we actually had to wait because the doctor wasn't there. So all of that, God said, I've got it. You just give me the faith and let me work out the process. But your job is to believe and just walk with me however I guide you. Now, I wanted it to look a certain way. I would have rather have celebrated and danced in another way, but the Lord wanted to minister to the people there. And one of the people that did Layla's surgery was with the number one um, pediatric cardiologist and thoracic surgeon in the nation. And we actually had a chance to minister to him and spend some time. He was like, here's my direct number. You call me if you have problems. I got to participate in Layla's um, ventilator management because they, I, I was a respiratory therapist and they were asking for my opinion on how to do things. And even to the ministering of the praise and worship music we had going in the background, before we left, they asked if they could have our radio and the CDs that I played for Layla while she was recovering so that the other children that were in that pediatric ICU could bless, be blessed from that because they said, when you have her music on, all of the babies in here do better. All of their heart rates get better. All of their vital signs start to improve. So can you let this stay with us while you go? And so these children would have a chance to be blessed. Now, in my mind, I would have celebrated with, I don't want my daughter to have surgery. I would have celebrated with, this seems miraculous to me. Ha ha right? The way I wanted to go, but the way God wanted to go, how many more lives were touched by it? How many more lives were blessed by it? Just like when Lazarus was sick and died that he could have stopped him from dying. Sure. But how many people knew him after he died versus who knew him before after he died and was raised versus who knew him before. So God has a perfect plan. And when we just walk with him, we trust that he is faithful to his promises and he will keep his word. He is the Lord our God who heals us. He is the Lord who God who was rich and for our sakes became poor that we might have the riches of God. So remembering his character doesn't change and how he wants to do things has a plan and a reason behind it. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? 
I will. Alright, promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us this word, Lord. And just letting us know what you want us to do, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord. So that we know um, that you speak to us, Lord. And that also, not that we only know that you speak to us. But also, we know the instructions you want us to give. And Lord, I just thank you for giving us the perfect instructions, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.